All right, I want to welcome on my next guest. We got former first team All Pro, Pro Bowl, Philadelphia Eagles standout cornerback Bobby Taylor. Bobby, how's everything going? I'm doing good, Zach. How about yourself? I'm doing well, doing well. Finally, it looks like football starting to come back. I'm hoping all the guys can stay safe, but right. I guess we just have to see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my fingers are crossed. I mean, we all are living in a, a different day now with the pandemic going on, but it seems like, you know, after the first couple of weeks, things are going pretty good in the NFL, and so hopefully, you know, it can keep going in that direction because – I mean, the, the possibilities of not having NFL football this fall, I mean, that would be very devastating. So what I want to know is, like, is the CFL still happening? And if not, they should just have everybody play up there because it's safe. The hockey, they're having a great time. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> I just saw a report where they haven't had a positive test yeah. in, like, what, four or five weeks, right? It's, it's wild. It's wild. It's wild. <laughs> now, it, yeah, I'm hoping, like, I think if the – I'm feeling all the guys are going to hold themselves accountable. What I, the only thing I'm concerned about is they're not testing family members. And if the guys are going home and if kids are going to school, some of these top health experts have even gotten sick. It's not, it's not, not being that responsible. You, just, you can't predict it. And that's, there's so much unpredictability. I'm hoping the NFL can get a handle on it because we really need to. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the part that, you know, that I'm scared as yeah. well because when you look at how the NBA is going, I mean, they're obviously in a bubble. Yeah. And when you look at an NFL organization and all 32 of them trying to put 32 organizations yeah. in a bubble, I mean, yeah. that's virtually impossible. And so, you know, I, I just hope that guys are responsible enough. I mean, they're like, there was some bad news last week in Seattle, but, you know, hopefully that could be a, a sounding board for any other guys that yeah. want to do something irresponsible to know that, like, hey, you know, your, your job could be in, in, in jeopardy. So, you know, I just hope, like I said, the guys are taking it seriously. And, and, and some of the reports that I read coming out of different camps, you know, I've, I saw where some guys are, are, are deciding to self-quarantine, not self-quarantine, but put themselves in a bubble and, and, you know, stay away from their families. And I know that's hard. I really want to read the text thread that dude on Seattle sent to that girl. Like, hey, just wear a hoodie. You'll be good. I think you're on scout team. You're good to go. Just, just to show up. I mean, I, yeah, I'm like, okay, <laughs> was it was it his – did he use his own clothes to give to her? I mean, what was that all about? <laughs> this is training camp 2020. They won't even look. They'll be good to go. No, that's wild. Right. So I want to ask you – before I ask you about your football career, something I, I saw. You were on Cribs? Yeah, I was on Cribs. <laughs> what was that like? You know what? It, it was cool because that was obviously the, you know, the thing to do at the time. But <laughs> the only bad part of it's crazy, right? So they come in, and obviously the clip is probably what, maybe five or six. I can't find years. it. I've been I've been looking all afternoon. I can't find it. I can't find <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. So yeah. So it was probably only like five or seven minutes from a TV standpoint. But I mean, they spent all day at your house, and it was crazy because when we were filming, it was in the heat of the. It was in the summertime. And so I'm in Texas, and we had to have all of the air conditions on. They want all of, all of the lights on. And I ended up, like, blowing a circuit. Wow. And so they, they had to, like, shut the shoot down and come back. <laughs> and so they came back, and we finished it. But I guess the only bad thing – one of the other bad things about it, on my episode, it was the same episode as um, the guy Branson that owned Virgin. And I saw Lil John was on there, too. Yeah, Lil, Lil John was first um, – the Branson guy, and he had a whole island. I mean, who wants to be That's on not that fair. Episode? That's not fair. Come on. You put me on third. This dude's got an island. This dude's little John. Come on, man. Exactly. But, I mean, it was cool. It we something to talk about. It was, it was good locker room talk once, <laughs> once I went back to Philly. 
Did MTV pay for the blown circuit, or they're like, nah, that's on you? It, it was something that it, it was taken care of, so I oh, had to come good. out. See, Cribs, yeah. cr- Cribs, Cribs handles everything. Now, nah, right? <laughs> see, honestly, Cribs, I miss Cribs. My one of my favorite shows of all time. Pit My Ride was a classic. Pit My Ride, yeah. Bring that back. I know there were apparently there was a lot of holdups, like people weren't getting their car for like eight to ten months at a time and stuff. But like that was the perfect show. They got to bring that back, man. This is that's what we need. Yeah, Pit My back. Ride, Cribs, and I think Punked. I love. I like Punk. Punk was great too. And Next, yep. Next. People slept on Next. The person would just walk off the walk off the bus. And the girl's like, Nah, they just turned right back around. <laughs> 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 no, but, but Pit My Ride. I remember the one guy here, like, Hey, man. What he was like? He's like, we, he's like, we know you like, like snowballs or something. He's like, it is like some old beat up, <laughs> old beat up minivan. It's like we was got that a, we was, got a shaved ice Pimp machine. Rod. Pimp my ride was was exhibit. Was he yeah, yeah. That? yeah, yeah. That was, that was, he'd he'd come up and everybody be like, it's exhibit. And they'd be walking through these neighborhoods and be like, this car that looks like it's been like in like a like a junkyard. And they're like, hey, we're not gonna do anything to the engine, but we're gonna give you like right. a, we're gonna give you a gumball machine. <laughs> 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 it was the it was fantastic. You can watch it now. It 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 it, it is so evergreen. It does not get old, even though it, it's wild. And then it, it, you get the you get the you get the shot of the person the beginning acting surprised, even though they have probably done the shot five times. Right. Twenty minute show, even though they haven't seen the car in eight months, and then they bring it back. Yep. And of course, their friends are there waiting for them to get the car back because you know every time you go to the auto shop, your friends are waiting to get back. To right. Like oh, like this is normal. <laughs> the great show. Uh, what's his, uh, Mad Mike? Mad Mike, I tried. I tried to reach out to him to see if he wanted to come on the podcast. I can't reach Mad Mike. Mad Mike, <laughs> he's, on LinkedIn. he's on LinkedIn. So yeah, now. So I want to ask you about your football career. How'd you end up at uh, Notre Dame? Yeah. So I was a big UT fan. Um, being from Texas, right here in Texas, but during my senior year, they fired their head coach um, McWilliamson, and they brought in I think it was McAvick, and I just thought it was it was an unstable situation for me. And then, you know, Coach Holtz, he came to my high school, visited me. And I only took – I took four visits. So I went to University of Miami because I was a big Jesse Armstead fan. He was from right up the street in Dallas, Texas, um, Dallas Carter High School. So I was always a, a Hurricane fan. So I went out there to visit Miami. I went to visit USC. Um, you know, one of my good friends, Willie McGinnis, he was my host. And so, oh, cool. obviously, I didn't go to USC going to Notre Dame. Their 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 arch rival. I mean, he always gives me um, <laughs> flack about that, even to this day. That's funny. And then I I visited Notre Dame, and then I, I went to one in-state school for my visit, Texas A&M. Oh. And um, you know, I just felt you know you what what Lou Holtz and what those guys had going on during that time. I mean, they were one of the only big schools that had their own television deal. You know, as opposed to now, you can watch any any college team on, on Saturdays, and so. That was a big deal as well, you know, just knowing that my family probably wouldn't be able to get to games. So I felt like I, I can get the best of both worlds academically and athletically. Was that what was that what really sold you on Notre Dame? How did you make your end up making your decision? Yeah, because I mean, I, I was I mean, I'm not I, I was great from an academic standpoint, yeah. making the honor roll every every yeah. um, grading period. Yeah. And so I just wanted to go to a university that I felt that could you know, offer yeah. both because you know how football is. I mean, you one play away from it being the end of your career. Yeah. And then also just the experiences from talking to a lot of the guys that were already there. It were a lot of guys that were from all over the country, from Florida, from California, from Arizona, from Washington. That was at Notre Dame when I went on my visit. And so I just felt like 
that would be the best best situation for me to be in. Do you ever get to meet Rudy? Yeah, you know it's crazy. So my sophomore year, they when when you look at the the game footage that was going on during the actual movie, yeah, they actually filmed that at during one of our games. Really, I didn't and know so, that. Yeah, so I so I so I actually was playing in the game, and and so it was kind of like an extended halftime yeah. where they asked all of the fans to because from a player standpoint, we didn't even know it was happening, and we wow. just heard the announcement going in for halftime that you know the 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 halftime will be a little bit longer than normal. Both teams agreed upon it. And then they asked the fans to stay in the in the um, in the bleachers so they could film that part. So that was cool. So yeah, I got to meet him and you know to actually be there yeah. when they actually filmed that portion of the movie. You know that was something to brag about. They put you in the credits? <coughs> nah, <laughs> nah. What do you call that? Uh, you know, Best supporting I'm actor. Good to go. Possibly, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's so cool. So, so what was it like? Was there an adjustment period to you from going from high school to Notre Dame to just to kind of get? It's, it's probably just big culture. There. You know what? I I, I think the, the biggest adjustment was just from a um, a regional standpoint, with like the yeah. weather is cold weather. Yeah. Um, but outside of you know, from a competition standpoint, it was something that I felt that I would be able to mesh well with. Um, fortunately, I was able to um, start like midway through my freshman year. Cool. And, um, you know, so I, I don't feel like it was a big adjustment. And that was one of the reasons why, I mean, just how big all of the guys were, not just maybe one or two players on the team, as opposed to maybe some of the teams that I competed against in high school. And, and plus in Texas, yeah. I feel like, you know, outside of maybe California and Florida, yeah. we have some of the most competitive football oh, yeah. being played right here in our state. So I think, it was able to help me transfer to that next level. That's awesome. Was the NFL on your radar or were you just focused on school? You know what? I, I was just focused on school until after my freshman year. And, you know, our, we, we were able to, which was cool, we, we were able to come back to Texas to play in the Cotton Bowl. So oh, cool. I, we played against Texas A&M, which was one of the schools that I visited yeah. um, when I was a senior. And so I, I got to play against a lot of my peers, guys that, you know, I looked up to and I played against in my high school career. And then when the season was over, you know, you just hear about all these guys, this guy working out, this guy has an agent. And I'm like, man, what's really going on? I really had no clue. And then that year we actually had five guys get drafted into the oh, first cool. round in the first round. Wow. And so, um, you know, guys like Rick Meyer, Aaron Taylor, Tommy Carter, um, Irv, Irv Smith, um, I'm, I'm probably missing a couple other guys, but – and so I saw that. I was like, man, like I could possibly, you know, do what those guys were doing. And I think it was cool just because now, you know, in the society that we're living in, I, I speak to parents all the time as far as helping them make decisions for their children as far as like maybe what, what schools they want to go to. And they're already talking about the NFL. And I'm like, man, you have a lot of – you have a lot, <laughs> a lot more football to play. Yeah. Before you, you know, you, sh you should be thinking about the NFL, but you know, that's just where we are in today's society. But you know, yeah, I, I, I had no clue. I had no clue. My, my whole thing was, you know, I just want to be able to use what I have academically and athletically so I didn't have to worry about student loans or yeah. anything like that. And so that was my main objective. Interesting. So, so when did it, when did it kind of become center focused for you that like, all right, like this, this is real, like this is coming. The NFL. Probably going going into the spring after my freshman year, 
um, like I said, seeing what, what took place during the draft and, you know, b being a starter as well, I yeah. think, you know, that probably put a lot of confidence um, in me. And so, you know, from that point on, I just really just tr tried to, you know, carry myself on and off the field because, you know, when you talk to the guys that are going through the process, because guys would – and that was one good thing as well. We had a lot of those guys that would come back. Um, I didn't go to school with Rocket Ishmael, but he was like two two years prior to, to me getting to Notre Dame. So he would always come back at the time. And just talking about all of the things that, you know, maybe scouts, general managers look for, some of the questions that they ask, um, some of the things that they – some of the people that they go and talk to, They, I mean, they would go back and talk to – some of their high school counselors and things of that nature because, you know, they're looking at it like, okay, we're bringing these young guys in. You know, we're going to be putting them in the spotlight, um, paying them a lot of money. So we want to try to find out as much about them as we can so we can try to make, make the best yeah. educated decision as far as who we should or shouldn't bring into our organization. Definitely. So what was your draft process like? Did you have a feeling the Eagles were looking at you? Um, you know what? They were one of the teams that – I visited. I visited the Eagles. I visited the Packers. I visited um, the the Washington football team. <laughs> I took I took a visit there. Um, what was that like? You know what? Actually, that was probably the one of the most interesting um, assessments. I would call it. Well, that was pretty. That was before Snyder, though. That was before Snyder. I, I can't remember who the head coach was. So my rookie year was 1995. Maybe was so Gibbs I, there? I, I, Gibbs. Was it Gibbs? I don't, I don't remember. No, I'm not sure. But they had this sports science guy, and he would take you through all of these type of drills. And he was an older guy, probably like in his 60s, you know, doing some balance stuff, <laughs> um, covering your eyes up, standing behind you, throwing things from behind you to see if you can catch it. And – I mean, it was like super, super, super weird. He didn't I even mean, work I'm, there. He didn't even work there. He, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I, I'm not sure. I mean, after that, I, it was a head scratcher because I always look at okay from a workout standpoint, you should be doing drills that are transferable for when you're out there on, on the field. And so, some of the things that they had me doing, I was just like, I mean. How can I? How can this make me a better football player? And you wonder, you, know, you wonder why they're not hitting on all their picks. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, I mean, listen. My thing. I, I hope that guy is still working for him. <laughs> I think he probably is, based on what we saw the past couple of years. But no, right. that, that, that's why. That's interesting. No wonder, because Cravens, and then it's you you like, what the hell? They what they do? Uh, what's his name? The kid they got from TCU, Doxon. I'm like, oh, they're yep. doing they're doing vision they're doing vision tests instead of yeah, forty times. It, yeah. Makes sense. It, 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 it was weird, but you know <laughs> what though? I, I like Ron Rivera. Ron oh, he's was awesome. actually Ron he's awesome. was actually our linebackers coach. Oh, cool. For probably so my so I was in Philly for nine. Yeah. So I think maybe seven of those years, Ron was the linebacker coach. So. I know, I know, I know him well. He's a great man, a human being. Period. Yeah. And so, you know, if he if he does well, if he's able to help lead that team do well, I'll be happy for him because Absolutely. I'm a big I'm a big Ron Rivera fan. Yeah, he seems like a great guy. Now you can see he's already like all the stuff he's had to deal with before they even put pads on. Is, I don't I don't know. If there's a better person for the job than him. So I'm absolutely. Glad. And, and plus, I mean, he's a former player too, so oh, yeah. he has that experience on and off the field. Yeah, I, I keep. I've been harping on for a while. I haven't seen him yet. I think they should make 
Potomac Riverboat Ron shirts, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's one. That's one. That's one of the most iconic nicknames, Riverboat yeah. Ron, and that's him. That's his mentality. <laughs> that's awesome. So, so how did you find out you're going to Philly? Yeah, so I was actually invited to the draft, but there was something that I just want because I, I grew up in a small town, Longview, yeah. Texas, and I just wanted to be back home. Um, at the time, Ray Rhodes, him and he, he was the head coach. Tom Modrak was the um, was the what, no, I'm sorry, Dick Daniel was the, was the general manager. They called me up and was like, "Hey, we're getting ready to actually trade up a couple of picks to get you. Like, are you you are, are you excited about possibly playing in Philadelphia?" And I was like, "Listen, man, let's let's get it on. Like, make the pick." So they made the pick, and you know, the rest was history. That's all. Did you have any idea what the Philadelphia fan base was like before you got there? Before you got there, absolutely <laughs> not. Because <laughs> if you're on the team, they love you. If you're not, oh, what what? <laughs> I, I I I would disagree with that slightly. Really? Even be even being on the team, there are times that you feel like you you are on the visitors' team <laughs> because. You know, there were some times during my first couple of years where, you know, we were only winning maybe two, three games, four games for the entire season. And so, you know, game – I mean, so 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 fans would, would be pretty rude. And, um, in you know, Philly? They, in oh, Philly? Oh, absolutely. Come on now. You know, but hey, <laughs> I know you know. I mean, I, listen, I was there when they actually – brought in a judge and had a little small jailhouse in the actual that was, that was real that was real oh that, oh, oh that was real that was totally real it would be times during the game where we had where, where they have t- television timeouts where because at the time like the the nosebleed section seemed like i mean it was in heaven it was so high and you would just see guys being thrown around i mean it was crazy we would just we would literally be talking to guys on the other team like look at that just look at all that foolishness going on up there. I mean, it was insane. <laughs> Do they have like the, like the like the special team scouts? They were the ones kind of like maintaining the jail and stuff, or no? Who 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 was who was? Did they have they, they had a oh, legit it judge. Was, it was yeah, like real police, like real police, like real police, <laughs> like. And 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 they stayed busy. They definitely stayed busy. That's incredible. That that needs its own show. MTV should have jumped on oh, that too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, some, someone. I mean, I, that I may need to talk to someone. That that needs to be. That that yeah. definitely would be a great show. Oh my God! Yeah, just include it like on Red Zone. You get Scott Hansen cutting out to the Philadelphia. The, yeah. the, the, the link. The the link. The link. Uh, jailhouse. Now that that's wild. So, um, wh- when did you kind of hit your groove? When did you feel like you kind of the NFL is coming easy, come like easily to you? Um, you know, I. I wouldn't necessarily say it came easy, but it obviously slowed down. So in my third year, I think that's when I was like really, really ascending. Yeah. And I'm so so I so so they always come out with these polls like after the first quarter of the season, the second quarter, like who would if the season ended at this time, who who could potentially be a Pro Bowler? Yeah. And my name was was, was getting some buzz at oh, that cool. time. We had an away game in jacksonville and i tore my acl and so i was done for for, i was done for the season and so it was right about that time and you know maybe it was a blessing in disguise who knows but you know it was obviously disappointing for me but you know from that from that point on i just 
I was already, I think, getting my groove as far as film study because, you know, you you, you spend more time yeah. in the classroom as opposed to being out there on the football field. And so, you know, that was something that, you know, you that, that I felt like I got a whole lot better at as far as being able to study film, being able to break down offenses, break down receivers, and try to get into the mindset of how offensive coordinators were thinking. And so probably at that time, like right when I tore my ACL and then shortly after that when I was able to come back the following season, I would say. So probably in between like my third and fourth year, I felt like I was getting my groove. What were you thinking then? Like I'm finally starting to click, start all starting to click, and then all of a sudden you tear your knee up. What was that like? Yeah, it was obviously disappointing. Um, and it, at first, I was probably just feeling like, okay, why me? I think a, a lot of athletes probably they probably yeah. go through that. Yeah. But you know, we have some 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 great veterans on the team. And there's always a, a, a success story as far as guys getting hurt and being able to come back. And so being able to, like, share that with other guys that have, may have went through the same injury or had something similar as far as their process of getting back to where they were and even trying to get better. Yeah. And so I just credit the, the veterans that we had on the team yeah. to try to help, you know, get me back to in, in, in the right mindset, because that's the biggest part of it. Because I think physically um, I probably may have been, I think ready to come back a little bit earlier, but you know, there's always a mental block when you have yeah. those type of injuries or what have you. And so having some, some, some good veteran leadership um, on, on board on, on the Eagles at that time, that re really helped me get over that hump. That's awesome. Who's the toughest guy you ever had to cover in your whole career? So the toughest guy I had to rec had to cover probably like a, like a, like when 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 folks ask me that question sometimes people always assume like it's the some of the Michael Irvins yeah. and, yeah. and and guys like that but yeah. those guys were definitely hard hard to hard to cover but you know with me being a big guy I'm six three six four yeah. being able to cover another six three six four guy that's easier for me as opposed to some of the short, quicker yeah. receivers like the Joey Galloways, the Rocket Ishmaels, who obviously went to Notre Dame. But at, at one time, Dallas, the, the, the Cowboys, they had Joey Galloway on one. That, that's a 4-1-40 guy. And they had another 4-1-40 guy, Rocket Ishmael, on the opposite side. So guys like that uh, have always been tougher for me to cover just because of, you know, they're smaller, they're, they're a little bit quicker. And, you know, I'm a taller, long strider. So those, those those short, you know, real quick guys are have have always been been trouble for me for me to hold. So so Tyreek Hill would just wreck your whole Sunday. Yeah, I, I, a guy <laughs> like Tyreek, I would probably um, you know, if he ran an out route, just shoot at his legs, his lower legs, a couple of times, just yeah. to send a little message. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, one of my best one one of my I, as a defensive back, you know, when you have a great rush. When you have a um, great defensive lineman, and, and we had that at the time, and, you know, I think Riverboat Run, Ron Rivera got some of his mentality from our defensive coordinator at the time, um, Jim Johnson, yeah. because he was he was a guy that, look, we, we either going to sit back or I'm sending the house. I'm not just going to blitz one or two guys. It was all or nothing. And I love that type of mentality. And I think our team as a whole, when we were – the best during the time when I was there and we were able to get to three 
um, NFC championships in a row. I mean, we were a defensive-led ball club where we just went out there, we set the tone, you know, we went on the road, we traveled well, um, we generated a lot of turnovers, and I think that that was something that helped us during that time. Who do you think is the best DB in the league today? The best DB in the league today, man, that's a um, man. I like uh, I like Minka Fitzpatrick. He's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. Yeah, he. I, I like him. I mean, he's a guy that I think could probably play, which he does play inside, play outside. Probably can move him back to safety. Yeah. And need be he can tackle well, physical, coming up on the run, the good ball hand eye coordination. Um, who else would I like out there? From a defensive back standpoint, I mean, you know, you know, with, with me being an older guy, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give, um, I'm gonna give um, Richard Sherman some love just because of the body, the total body of work he's been able to put up yeah. for so long. You know, leading the defense last year to help those guys get to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, they weren't able to bring it home. Um, yeah. I was happy for my man Andy Reid to be Absolutely. able to get his first Super Bowl. So. I would probably say Mika Fitzpatrick, definitely. And then I would want to give um, Richard Sherman some love just because of the body of work that he's been able to put in. Plus, he's a big guy, too. He's a 6'3", 6'3", 6'4", 6'2", long guy like myself as well. Were you glad to see Philly bring in Darius Slay this offseason because the secondary has been getting killed for years? Yeah, man, absolutely. I was definitely um, glad to see that move. Uh, I'm looking forward to – you know, the success he could have there. I mean, I'm pretty sure he was probably happy as well to get out of Detroit <laughs> to, you know, come to the birds. Um, he's around some, some familiar faces. Um, I see Fletcher Cox is back healthy as well. And so, I mean, I just hope, hope those guys can, you know, have a, have, have, have a, great, a great season. I, I read a couple of articles um, when they started camp where um, – I don't know if it was Rodney McLeod or something. He was just saying, well, look, we want to try to get back to the days we had, you know, some of the old school guys like Brian Dawkins, um, Troy Vincent, or what have you, myself. And so, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, I bleed green. I bleed green, and um, I just hope those guys, you know, put it down this year. Do you think people are sleeping on Carson Wentz? Uh, you know what? I, I wouldn't say sleeping. I, I think anytime, you know, when you have, you know, some of the unfortunate injuries he's, he's, he's had, I mean, it's, it's only natural. And so, you know, my advice to him, I would just say, I, you know, just use that as fuel to your fire. Yeah. You know, you can't say, well, look, um, this is what I did beforehand. Just use that as fuel to your fire and, um, you know, just try to be the best you can, can for us. I know, I know that his teammates, you know, definitely support him, that the city in that area supports him and, and want to see him do, do well. And, I, and I'm pretty sure that, you know, he, he's doing the right thing. He's taking the right approach to have the best season that he can to hopefully bring back a Super, Super Bowl. But because just imagine, you're off to a, almost a – He was incredible. A MVP, a MVP season. You get hurt, and the team still goes on and wins the Super Bowl. I mean, that's, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, listen, I'll take it anyway. Yeah. I'll, ta I'll take the Super Bowl. But, you know, I know that that was probably hard for him to be able to um, have to sit through. But I'm pretty sure there are some experiences from that time he can pull on when it gets tough to help him get over. Yeah, because like as a like as a teammate, you love to see these guys having all the success. But as a competitor, it's probably killing you inside. You can't. Oh, absolutely! That. It's like, I mean, you want to be the one out there making the play. Yeah. And 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 that's the mentality 
um, that I get from him. I mean, I don't know him personally, but that's the mentality that, um, you know, when I, I see some of the quotes and see some of the interviews that he's did over the years since he's been in the league. And, you know, it's okay to have some people to doubt you and, and, and sleep on you because, you know, different folks are thrives in different situations. Maybe it's easier for a, for, for a person to not necessarily be the hunted and to be the one that, you know, got people are doubting and then you surprise them on the back end. Definitely. Yeah. Because the, 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 they brought Jason Peters back. That line's looking good. So hopefully they can stay intact. And so I have a question. So, so your, your pro bowl first team all pro year, what clicked for you? What clicked for me? You know, I, I, you know, I think what clicked for me is I was able to get more interceptions I had a couple of returns that particular year for um, returns for touchdowns. Did you keep those balls? Oh, absolutely. There it goes. They're probably um, <laughs> back here somewhere. Oh, cool. Behind I didn't me. see yeah. them. That's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I, de- I definitely kept those. I, so, I think from a – I think as a any defensive back from over history, I would say a lot of times when you make your first Pro Bowl, it's because you, you're able to, to rack up a lot of – yeah. A lot of interceptions because, you know, let's just say you shut down everybody for the entire year. Yeah. Sometimes for most, I mean, people like numbers and that's, that's really not a number. I mean, I, I would love to have those numbers yeah. year in, year out from a consistency basis, but you know how it is. Just like when, when, I mean, it, 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 it's, they, they say from a viewership standpoint, when, when teams are putting up more points and receivers are getting more hundred yard games and, things of that nature people are glued to the television more so it's all about statistics yeah that's why that's incredible was it was the pro bowl in uh, hawaii that year yeah it was in hawaii that's not, that bad. Year, so. that's not bad either yeah so that, that that was cool it was um you know a great experience you know being out there um i forgot the name of the resort the ihilani or something like that and so it was you know away from honolulu so we were by ourselves you got you got you got a lot of time to spend with you know, your other peers, guys that you've been been fans of, you know, for all of your career, spending time with them and their families and things of that nature. So, yeah, it was nice. That's, see, that was my one idea if they just if they were trying to find a bubble for the NFL. I thought, what about, like, Hawaii? Like, I mean – The time zone difference would be a pain. That, that's the only thing. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't think – yeah, because I think they're, like, maybe five or six hours difference yeah. or something like that. Yeah, so, so that would be kind of late. Yeah, no, it's, that's wild. That's interesting. And then, so I saw you played for Seattle your last year. What, what, what intrigued you about going there? Uh, you know what? Actually, um, it, it, was, it, it came down to the line as far as if I would re-sign with Philly or sign with um, Seattle. Um, I decided to sign with Seattle. Actually, Ray Rhodes, who was the head coach in Philly, was a defensive coordinator at the time in Seattle. So we we had a relationship, and you know I felt like I, I could trust him, and it was a good good situation. Mike Holmgren was the head coach at the time, and and he was a great guy. I mean he was he, I mean he has a he has a nice. I mean, I, as a matter of fact, Ray Rhodes, Rhodes came from his coaching tree. Andy Reid came from his coaching tree, and so. I felt like it was a great situation for me. Was that before? Was Marshawn wasn't there yet, right? When the year Mar- he wasn't there yet. No, no we had was, um, Sean. We had Sean Alexander. With he gets slept on, in my opinion. I don't think people enough people talking about Sean Alexander. How good yeah, he was. Sean. Yeah, Sean was a baller. I mean, yeah. I forgot what year that was. So, what year was that? He won the MVP. Yeah. It, it, that was either two thousand six or two thousand seven. I mean, so 
when you get MVP of the league, yeah. like you can't you can't sleep on that. <laughs> no. no, I think he's. I think I saw he's in DC area now. I don't know. I, 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 yeah, that's wild. That's interesting. That's wild. And then I saw um you went you went to the the NFL Irons this year. Did you go to the Super Bowl too this past? Yeah, year? I went. Yeah, so I went to um, and that was actually my first time like going to a Super Bowl. Oh, really? Because out of all of the prior, even when I was playing. It, it, especially like you can't, like you can't go support another team Come yeah on. exactly ex exactly and so yeah. it, it it was real sentimental for a, a numerous amount of reasons yeah. well miami that's where my wife is that's where she grew up and oh, cool. so to be able to take her to nfl honors and do the whole red carpet carpet thing steve harvey was hilarious again i think it was like his second year yeah um hosting it and then to actually go to the actual game um, you know, to be on the sideline, um, you know, and, and I was there just to cheer and, 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 and root on Andy. Yeah. I mean, because Andy, he put in a lot of great years yeah. in Philly. There are a lot of guys that were on the staff. Eric Bieniemy, we played together in Philadelphia. Um, um, Steve Spagnolo, he's uh, he was our safeties coach in Philadelphia, who was the defensive coordinator for Kansas City. So it was, it was like family over there. So to be a part of it. And then, I mean – I was on the sideline when J-Lo was performing. So, hey, I mean, it's like, come on now. I mean, who who would want to miss that? <laughs> it's better than the game. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. That's incredible. I can't even – I still want to know how they get all that, that, all this stuff out there and so quickly and they get it all. I mean, to, watch, to, to, to sit there and just actually watch them, bring it all out. and There's probably sprinting. They're probably, yeah. they're probably like, awesome. Well, we gotta go. Yeah, it's like it's like Transformers. When you look at it's a small little box, and then they open it up, and it's a full stage and power. I mean, it's crazy. But the, the experience was was second to none. I mean, after it was funny because after the halftime show, I told the wife, I said, "Hey, let's go ahead and get out of here before the traffic is bad." We got back to our hotel, watched the final the final quarter at the hotel, didn't have to worry about traffic. So, I mean, that was the best of both worlds. I heard the airport after a Super Bowl is an absolute nightmare. Um, you know, yeah, it was. So we left, uh, we left that next day, Monday morning. It, 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 it was pretty crowded. It was pretty crowded. It wasn't bad as I thought it would be, oh, okay. but it was pretty crowded. It's probably because if you're in a good location like Miami, like people are going there, they're probably staying for a couple more days. But they're, they're having a game. They had the game at MetLife a couple years ago. People are getting the hell out of there. I remember it was snowing. Wow. Yeah, I yeah, can imagine that. Yeah, that's crazy. That's why. And I saw you're you're still involved with the league today. I saw you. Yeah. So right now, um, so two years ago, um, um, they 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 created a Legends Youth Advisory Committee, cool. and so um, I was chose along with some, uh, some other former players, Willie McGinnis, Deion Sanders, um, Trent Dilfer, um, Nate. Uh, who is uh, Nate? Nate is a part of it. Who else is that? Um, man, so it's probably about nine or ten of us. Oh, cool. Um, Trent Dilfer. Um, who else? I mean, I'm drawing a blank right now, but we all work together well together. And really, our initiative is to help grow the game from a from, awesome. from a youth perspective. And so, you know, we 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 we're heavily involved. We all are heavily involved in the youth football space, whether it's training. Um, being a part of the 707 scene, um, a couple of guys um, on the committee are high school coaches, and we're just a part of just trying to help promote the game because, as you know, especially after the post um, concussion and all of the, all yeah. of that, you know, the, we, the game has been under attack, yeah. and so you know we just try to use all of the research, science, 
or what have you. Um, there are a lot of former players as well all over the country that are coaching in youth football from high school to junior high. You know, all of the resources that we have. Um, as, as a matter of fact, this past combines in Indianapolis, all of the 32 clubs nominated a former player who are who are currently coaching in the youth space and invited them back yeah. to Indianapolis. And we had our first Legends um, Coaches Clinic. Oh, cool. And really, it, it, it's all about just trying to help them be successful, um, you know, empowering them with information. Um, we had some 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 current general managers um come back and speak to the guys and so it was very impactful because you know there are guys all over the country that you know have a special skill set that you know they played the game for a long amount of time they have a passion for kids and they're helping teaching the game because what they're doing is helping feeding yeah. the system moving forward when it comes to future NFL players. And so it's something that I'm very proud to, to, to be a part of. I, I, I normally stay very, very busy during this time, definitely during the summertime, but obviously with yeah. the whole pandemic that, that's going yeah. on, we haven't been able to travel as much, but yeah. you know, we spend a lot of time um, pivoting, getting on zoom calls like we're doing right now. Yeah. And so it's just fun, just just being able to help the guys be successful in their current markets. What do you think it's going to be like with a lot of these high school kids not playing their senior years? What What do you think that's going to be like? Yeah, that's tough because you know, like I said, we're in Texas. Yeah. Um, and you know, we probably outside of Florida, California, we're we're right there together as far as the per capita, like how many high schools that oh. we have in our state. Yeah. And so. Right now in our state, we have six classifications and the top four, they're starting now and their games are going to, they're going to try to play them. And then the, the two top classifications, 5A and 6A, they've been bumped back for about three or four weeks and they'll be trying to crank up in September. And so, I mean, I just have my fingers crossed as far as if they can sustain it, but you know, I, I'm typically a glass half full thinking yeah. type person, yeah. but I just feel like it's going to be tough, especially when you look at the high school. They don't necessarily have the resources, maybe some of the colleges that are able to test kids, you know, two to three, four times a week. All you need is one small breakout. Yep. And I mean, it's over because, you know, I would hate for that to be on my conscience yeah. as far as making a decision to play. And you have one of these high school kids get sick, yep. and, uh, and and you know have to be in a hospital, and just yeah. things of that nature. You just you just don't want that on on, on your on your track record. Yeah, I think that's sort of like Big Twelve, uh, Big Big Ten and Pac twelve. That's got to be on the back of their mind. Especially they said there's a chance you get some underlying like lung issue, and like you, you can't. You, yeah, I think lung or heart. You can't deal with and, it, and and it's you know, and, and I look at it like this: if I was a senior, like I would probably want to play. Really interesting. You know, I would probably want to play, you know, even though that there are some um, potential health risks. And, you know, I, I, I just think it is, it, we, we're just in uncharted territory. And, yeah. you know, when we think about it, because I look at all of these kids that are in high school, like they're, they're our babies. Yeah. And, you know, we want to try to protect them as, as much as we can. Yeah. And But I know on the flip side, you know, a lot of these kids are looking at it like, well, you know, I could potentially maybe, you know, have a breakout senior season 
to get discovered to possibly get a scholarship to play somewhere. And so, you know, it, it's a tough argument back and forth. Look at Burrow. Like, if he doesn't play last year, he's not drafted. Oh, so. yeah. I mean, I think that was a, that was such a powerful yeah. um, tweet that he put out there. He's like, look, if I don't have my senior season, I'm looking for a job. And yeah. that that's real. Yeah, and, and, and that's the – you know, the, the, and that's the unfortunate part of these uncharted territories that, that we're in right now. Do you think there's any chance some of the conference are saying we're going to do spring football? Do you think that's happening or not? No, I don't think so. Because I just think, I mean, to, it, it, I think for one, it's just too dangerous. Because, you, I mean, you, you, that, that, would, that would be, you would be potentially playing almost 20 games <laughs> within probably, what, 10 months? And so, I just think that that's too dangerous. I mean, I think that's wishful thinking, and it's probably that that decision probably was made just to maybe eliminate some of the potential flack that it could have came from, you know, them saying, well, look, we're just canceling this season, period. It's a wash. We're going to crank it back up next year. Yeah. You know, and so – and then you got to look at recruiting as well. Just think about those schools that are in that particular – those conferences – making that type of announcement, you know, that could potentially affect recruiting as well. And so, you know, there are so many factors just from a health standpoint, from a social standpoint, and even from a mental standpoint as well, because, you know, mentally, you know, that's something that should be considered as well when you're thinking about these kids because I, I know it's tough. I know it's yeah. tough for them right now. Yeah, especially the thing about, like, especially these guys like the NBA that's been in the bubble for a month. Like, you're probably going nuts. You can't do anything. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm actually like just sitting back watching the commitment. Yeah, it's incredible. That those guys have had. I mean, I, you have to take your hat off to them. Yeah, because you know these are multimillionaires. You know, they're they're used to. Yeah. You know, they're all of their five star restaurants and going back to their big homes and things of that nature. And then more importantly, just being away from their families. And so, but. All of the – I mean, the, the NBA, they have did it right. I mean, you look at all of the amenities they've tried yeah. to – and just the, the pure money that they've, they've spent. And then I think it's been very thoughtful as well because I've, I've seen a couple of videos as far as, you know, how they brought in chefs. Um, you know, they have the different barbers. The, you can go get your massages. Yeah. And just all of those type of – all of those type of real creative things and thoughtful things to, to help them be as comfortable as possible and – when you sit and you look at when LeBron, he's doing his interviews, Damon Lillard, Lillard, Lillard doing his interviews. And, I mean, these guys are, like, totally dialed in. And when you have your yeah. superstar, superstars totally dialed in and yeah. committed, yeah. I mean, I think that's a, great, that's a great step right there. And it's easier for, you know, some of the lesser role players and things of that nature yeah. to, you know, just fall in line. Yeah, because I think with this NBA bubble, we're going to get two things at the end of it that I don't think – one of the things everybody expected is we're going to get a, we're going to crown a champion. The second thing I think mm-hmm. is more important is we have the birth of Lemon Pepper Lou Williams, which never existed. <laughs> never existed. It's the best name in the NBA right now. Right. Le- Lemon Pepper Lou. Those wings look incredible. Like those are worth yeah, – yeah. that's worth the drive. Yeah, I, I saw I, – I saw, I, I've, never, I've never been to Magic City, but no. I, saw, I saw a no. picture of that, that – um, that plate and it definitely looked delicious yeah. for now, sure. If Adam Silver really wanna get like on the only guy's good side for the finals, like one night he's gonna cater and just d- d- deliver those wings right to the finals. Right. I'm telling you, <laughs> commissioner of the year. Hey, look, I mean, 
with all of the things that they've been able to do with yeah. the, like the virtual fans. Yeah. Uh, and, and bring, I mean, because I, I think I even saw like Lil Wayne. He was like oh, one of I the saw first, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he was like a goat. There's a go- they had a goat on there. I'm like, what the hell you got? Yeah, so I mean, just. Chris Bosh, I saw Chris Bosh was on there. Yeah, yeah. just that creativity yeah. that they're bringing, um, you know, to, to the whole game. I, I mean, I, I think I think all of those, those guys are embracing it, and they should be given credit for it yeah. just because, you know, it, it could have easily went a, a totally different a different yeah. way if one or two other big guys, big superstars said, hey, um, no, I'm not committing to this. But you definitely got to have to take your hats off to those guys. Yeah, the basketball's been incredible. I didn't even get to see earlier. I saw that uh, Donovan Mitchell had like yeah, a it's, Yeah, it's kind of like a um, – it's, it's like, like a, it's, it's like, like the NCAA, NCAA tournament. It's like the NCAA tournament incredible. going on for the pros, and I, I'm loving it. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that it's going to be one and under the radar team that's going to win it all. I just have a feeling like something's going to happen, and it's it's, it's going to be like a couple of years ago when Dallas won it. Like it's, I don't think it's. Well, gonna, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to the Lakers Portland yeah. series just because. I mean Portland, I mean they're bringing it, and yeah. you know I I I have a basketball background myself, and you know when you get in those type of spaces and you you're able to shoot. I mean, it's, it's it's like almost doing a layup for for yeah. for some of those guys because you know they all they're they're obviously superstars and you know they're at the the best players in the world and when you can get in that type of environment, it's not necessarily a stadium and you know some of the different distractions that are in the yeah. background that could possibly be there that aren't there now. I mean, I, I, I'm definitely looking at that Lakers series going six games at yeah. the minimum for sure. Yeah, because yeah, Lakers don't have any shooters. Because Bradley opted out, Rondo got hurt, and like, and they don't. And I, I'm, I'm like, they're they one of their point guards opted out. And yeah, yeah Rondo, just, Rondo's, Rondo's good. And, uh, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, well, Rondo is out, and then I forgot the other guy, Bradley, Avery Bradley, Avery Bradley, yeah, he, he opted out. Gone. So the the strength of Portland are their two guards. Yeah, and I mean they're gonna be pl- applying pressure like yeah. from from the jump all the way to the end of the game. Yeah, no, but it's it's been great. I think it's a lot of people were kind of against the idea. They're like the country has more important things, but I also think they're doing a lot of good. I know they also NBA helped fund with this new um, saliva test that's going to be kind of rolling out there. So I think they're doing yeah, a lot of good. Yeah, yeah, that was so, smart. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. Great. I think I think I think under their leadership, that that that's that's a great example of yeah. like great leadership. Yeah. What hundred percent? You see the NBA, um, the NBA Players Association as well. Yeah. Um, the way that. Seems like from a communication standpoint, they're on the yeah. same page. And, you know, with just so, so much uncertainty that's out there, to be able to see that there's some definite and, and good dialogue Come between on, yeah. players, ownership, um, the commissioner, um, the executive director of the NBA yeah. um, Players Association. I mean, it, it's just good to see that. I'm still wondering if I remember Kyrie said he's about to start his own league. I'm still waiting on that. But um, yeah, so, I don't know about that one. Good <laughs> luck. Know. Yeah, maybe they could like be in the in the Globe Charters League or something like that. He could be the new coach of the Washington Generals. But yeah, but but this has been a lot of fun. So I really wanted to thank you again. And for people that aren't following you on social media, how can they find you? Yeah, so I'm just Bobby Taylor 21 Instagram, Twitter. I mean, I. I'm I'm a little old school. I'm not as as probably active as as I probably should be, but hey, I'm Bobby Taylor 21 on hey. both. And thanks for having me. Absolutely, thanks you so much for chatting. This has been a lot of fun, especially with everything going on. It's kind of good just kind of be talking sports, and hopefully football can get off without a hitch, and we can have a season. So yeah, absolutely, definitely, man. But this has been a lot of fun. I just want to thank you again. All right, take care.